When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, Browns fans? This is Kenny Mack from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And this is the Dogs Podcast. Let's kick this off. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Dogs. Big shout out to Ken from the Ottawa Browns backers for that awesome intro. Uh, if you're looking to send an intro in, that's a perfect one to model it off of. Uh, if you do want to get an intro on the show or just some thoughts on the Browns, head to www.thedogspodcast.com to leave us a voicemail. Uh, we're looking forward to all your intros from all over the world. We really want to hear what you guys have to say about today's mock draft and anything the Browns do going forward. Uh, we have a really fun episode lined up today. Barry Shuck from dogsbynature.com is back to help us break down the free agent signings the Browns have made so far, and we're going to do a little seven-round mock draft for you guys. Before we get into that, remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please subscribe on YouTube. Tap that notification bell so you know when we upload new videos. We want to send a huge thank you to everybody who listened to our last episode, took the time to subscribe out there on YouTube. By far our most successful episode to date. And it really means a lot to us that you take time out of your day to listen to us and support the show. The fact that we got over 6,000 views on an episode completely blows my mind. So thank you all for listening and subscribing. Uh, we also want to thank new friends of the show, Northwest, Northwest Group, for reaching out and partnering with the dogs. Uh, they got a lot of great stuff. Yeah, so as the number one throw manufacturer in the United States, the Northwest Group continuously produces new, innovative, and exciting products for the majority of the world's most recognized and loved brands in sports, entertainment, and lifestyle, like our brownies. So visit www.thenorthwest.com, that is thenorthwest.com, use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, and you will get 25% off at checkout. They sent us some cool stuff to show you guys here. Yeah, so they sent us uh, this throw pillow right here, which is actually super comfortable. Uh, they sent us this awesome screen Baker Mayfield blanket. Uh, and they also sent us another blanket on the wall. I don't know if we have that camera view for you guys to see. I'll switch it right now. All there right, we go. Up behind very Josh. Yeah, very, very dope. Very nice. Yeah. So we're actually going to raffle off a couple of these items for you guys, a little contest. So we're going to run this up until the draft. If you want to get this pillow or you want to get this Baker Mayfield screen blanket, all you have to do is head to YouTube and subscribe. Take a screenshot of you uh, after you subscribe to show that you subscribed and send it to the dogspod at gmail.com. That's one way to do it. If you aren't on YouTube and you're on Facebook, 
share our video screenshot that you shared the video again send that screenshot to the dogs pod at gmail.com same thing with twitter same concept retweet our episode screenshot it send it to the dogs pod at gmail.com we will enter you into the contest and then when we get up to the draft we'll pick the uh the winners and we'll send them out to you actually and i just remembered one other way that people can enter this contest if you're on Apple Podcasts, go to the reviews. Give us a five-star review. You actually have to type out a review. Let us know how awesome we are, you know. <laughs> right. If you give us a five-star review on Apple, screenshot that, send it to that, uh, thedogspod at gmail.com, and that's another way to get your ticket into this contest. Yeah, so and these things are really awesome. We, we're really excited to be partnered with these guys. Local Cleveland-based company. Support these guys. Help the show out and get yourself some cool Browns gear. That's right, man. All right, so we're going to move in. We have Barry Shuck from dogsbynature.com. Barry, it's awesome to have you back. Your episode was a huge hit out there for all the listeners, so thank you for being back with us today. Thank you for having me back. How are y'all? We're doing good. We're doing good. Like we said, it's getting a little warmer up here, so we can't be be too mad. Uh, So, Barry, what would you think of the Browns uh, for agents? Were you surprised we went safety? Well, you know, after last year, the areas that needed attention were safety, but also linebacker, third wide receiver, kicker, um, swing tackle, kick returner, pass rusher, defensive tackle, and cornerback. And I think general manager Andrew Berry has addressed each level of the defense in the first week of free agency, which what that does is it now provides flexibility in the draft. Um. One of the positions that needed an infusion of veteran talent after the last season was the secondary. The Browns ranked 27th in pass defense. On Pro Football Focus, they rated the Browns' safeties as the worst cumulative grade in the league with a grade of 48.2. Sounds about right. I I feel like I saw that on the field. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think Cleveland is just pieces away from becoming one of the better teams in the AFC, and the lack of quality defensive players is mentioned as to what this club needs to, uh, uh, to accomplish during this offseason. And right out of the gate, Barry signed John Johnson, the safety is the newest Brown. Johnson is known for being an excellent tackler. He's a force in the run stoppage uh, and rarely over-pursues. He also matches it real well against tight ends. He was the third highest ranked free agent safety, um, not free agent, but uh, ranked safety in 2020 with an 85.6 grade from Pro Football Focus. He was first in interceptions, second in fewest receptions allowed, and third for fewest targets thrown in his direction. I think he's been an exceptional athlete, and he only allowed one touchdown all season. That itself is impressive. Right. Yeah, I know we, we can be more happy to have him. I think he's the kind, he's the perfect kind of fit for this Browns defense to for Joe Woods to finally be able to implement the, the scheme he was brought in to implement. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of ragged on Joe Woods a lot last year because the defense was so bad, but I know we're all interested to see – what he can do now with the proper pieces for his system. Absolutely. So, uh, with the Browns, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, with the Browns, John, Johnson will most likely play um, like a true deep safety, maybe a too high safety or even a box safety. 
but he's available and can is able to line up as a true linebacker in the four two three uh, four two five excuse me and perhaps you know like against the Baltimore Ravens they've had problems with Lamar Jackson and maybe he'll play the spy right yeah he's... so so versatility is in his toolbox. He's like a little Swiss Army knife for the defense. And speaking of Lamar Jackson, like he said, it's like other teams, I don't want to say they figured out Lamar, but, you know, he's not running wild like he did two years ago against most people. But for some reason, the Browns have just not figured him out yet. So hopefully John Johnson can help remedy that a little bit. Absolutely. And and Johnson is absolutely focused on winning. Four months ago, he unfollowed the Rams on his Instagram account. Now, that's while the season was still going on. Yeah, that was his employer. Right. <laughs> what what does it say that, you know, the reports are out there that he was offered better deals from other teams and he said this was the, you know, the perfect opportunity for him. It was the perfect scenario, the best team for him to come forward and he actually took less money. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody do that when talking about Cleveland. Yeah, who who does that? The other clubs were the Detroit Lions, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, if you take a quick list of that a list and add Cleveland to that, um, you can only speculate that at age 31, he wants to come to a potential playoff team like Cleveland. Yeah, and by adding him, I think we're 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 one step closer to being going from playoff contender to on a Super Bowl contender. Absolutely. I think going forward, the Browns are counting on Ronnie Harrison's continued progression as a key cog to this defensive backfield. But, you know, he missed five games last year with various injuries. And I think the wild card to this unit is Grant Delpit. Right. Um, if he can, if he can pick up where he left off and become the ace in the hole for, for Joe Woods' uh, defense, and you couple with the, the presence of now the, the veteran Johnson, this unit could arguably become one of the club's best units with um, Sheldick Redwine and Javante Moffitt as backups. Which is crazy. Like you said, we go from last to one of the best in one season. It's a, just a great job by Andrew Barry to see a need and then get the best player available to fill that need. Absolutely. And, and if you look at Johnson's uh, – history as far as tackles and his production he is very consistent uh, in his rookie year he only started 11 games he had 75 tackles the second year he had 119 tackles as a full-time starter uh, he got a shoulder injury in his third year but in five games started he already had 51 tackles well what would that project to 140 for the year and then last year, he, he was a full-time starter and had 105, uh, 105 tackles. Yeah. I know we couldn't be more excited to have him. And then kind of staying on that train, we what would you think of signing his teammate, cornerback Troy Hill? I think Troy Hill is, is good cop, bad cop. Um, he's been in the league six years. Last year, it was kind of his breakout year. He had a... 72 tackles, 77 tackles, excuse me. And um, he was the defensive touchdown player of the year. He had a return fumble for a touchdown. He had two return uh, interceptions uh, that were basically thrown to him. But he's only had one good year. 
he's been either cut on the practice squad or as a backup all those other years. He's been with the Rams one, two, three, four, five years, and he's only started um, one full season. And um, he's an above-average tackler. He um, He's quick. But I just don't know about him. I, I think he's been signed to be the slot. And I think another uh, important aspect of, of signing Troy Hill is that what's going to happen with Greedy Williams? Is he going to play opposite on the other side of Denzel Ward? And if not, I think this is the Andrew Barry's answer as an insurance policy. Yeah, I think a lot depends on whether Greedy can see, can see the field consistently because up to this point in his career, that, that's not been something he could, he's been able to do. Absolutely. So I, I think it's a good signing, and I, I absolutely expect him to play the slot. But if you notice that, that his contract is four years, but it's really only a two-year contract. So that allows Cleveland to bow out if he just doesn't produce. Plus, he's 31. Yep. He's, he's on the other side of 30. Yeah. I think the way they structured everything with him was just such a – Low risk, high reward. I think that was kind of the way we described most of these signings, honestly. And I did read something um, about the Browns. They specifically were targeting the Los Angeles Rams defensive players because they knew that the Rams were up against it as far as cap space. So they kind of they had that inkling, like, okay, some of these guys are going to be available. And so I think that's why we ended up with – they said it was no, no surprise that we ended up with two of them. Yeah, absolutely. And at least they have a player in Hill that who can slide outside if injury or poor performance dictates what happens with Greedy Williams this year. Right, right. So, you know, I, I, go ahead, go ahead. I think this is a wait-and-see player. Uh, despite being in the NFL six years, Hill really has only had one production, productive season, and which is important, fortunately for him was last year, which allowed him to sign a, you know, a huge contract. Um, and uh, he had 77 tackles, 10 pass defenses, but he also missed nine tackles. Yeah, that made me a little nervous because I feel like the Browns' secondary is kind of already a little bit suspect in the tackling department sort of their mo yeah so we didn't you know we don't really need another guy who's going to miss a lot of tackles but i'm kind of hoping with the addition of johnson hopefully greedy comes back we can kind of tr- put troy you know in that slot somewhere where he's comfortable and then he can kind of thrive absolutely now here's a stat when the when the rams with the rams last year hills receiver was targeted 91 times in which 64 were completed for a 70.3 completion ratio. Ouch. Right. It's not very good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rough. I'd like to see yeah, how many yards he gave up. But I, I don't um, know off the top of my head, but I'm just – was he giving up bombs or, you know, was he at least coming up and making the tackle and it was a two, three-yard gang? Well, his his job is to knock down passes. And, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well played, well played. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I guess, you know, we'll wait and see on Troy Hill. Hopefully we're getting good Troy Hill. Um, you know, I think a guy that the Browns kind of took a flyer on, somebody that I hadn't even really heard of uh, when we signed Tack McKinley, the defensive end from the Raiders, do you think we're going to be getting rookie season potential Tack McKinley, or do you think this was a wasted signing? 
I don't understand this signing. His numbers basically parallel Adrian Claiborne. And Claiborne, he was a backup to start the season last year. But the second half of the season, he was important. He filled in for the, the COVID sideline, Miles Garrett, when he wasn't feeling well. And then when Olivier Vernon went out, he became the starter to be out, beat out Port Augustine. And I thought he was an important guy, and he was only getting paid $2.75 million, But yet we signed McKinley to a $4.25 million contract. Um, I think this was a knee-jerk uh, decision for Andrew Barry. Uh, if you look at all the the very good edge rushers, J.J. Watt, uh, they offered him $12 million. He signed for $15.5 million a year. Um, in Godwe signed with the Raiders for $26 million, which was way overpaid. Uh, but Bud Dupree, I think they wanted for about $10 million a year. He signed a five-year, $85 million contract, which was way over over there. And then I think the one they really wanted was Trey Hendrickson from the, uh, the Saints. But he signed for big money. He signed for a four-year, $60 million. So at the end of the day, I think they were just kind of stuck. And so who do we sign next? And he had to sign somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do know that Andrew Berry tried to trade for McKinley four times last year. He's got speed and he's got a high motor, and maybe a change of scenery will get him back to where he was as a as a first round draft choice. His, his rookie year he had six sacks, his second year he had six, seven sacks, but his third year he didn't play well. He had an injury, um, and then because he regressed, the Falcons didn't uh, exercise the fifth year option, and that pissed him off. He just went livid after that. He went to Twitter and just lambasted them over and over. He um, he tweeted this. These Atlanta Falcons turned down a second-round draft pick when I was requested to get traded last year. Well, I know two things about NFL teams. They don't say anything about injuries until they announce it. And the second thing they don't do is they don't talk about financials ever. Absolutely right. ever. They, they don't talk about how much money you're being offered. Uh, if somebody was offered a second round pick, they would never, ever say something like that. But yet here he tweeted and he retweeted and he tweeted again. And basically it just rubbed the Falcons the wrong way. What ended up happening, he, he played four games last year. He got a groin injury. Um, he went into rehab. He was still disgruntled. He was still tweeting out all this immature content on social media. And eventually they cut him. Yeah, I know. We I know we talked last week, you know, when we were kind of recapping this about the uh, the impact of being wanted as a player. You know, when you know a team, you're on a team that actually wants you there. They desire to have you as part of the team and you know, I, I believe Andrew Barry said that Tack McKinley was in consideration for the Browns back in 2018. Was that 2017 draft? Whenever uh, yeah, they 17. traded, yeah, whenever they traded the Deshaun Watson pick. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not I'm not expecting McKinley to start, but the Browns will probably add another pass rusher either through another free agent signing or in the first two rounds of the draft. I mean, it's a very strong edge rush class. Uh, I don't want to f- 
we didn't talk about this, but just off the top of your head, we've heard reports that the Browns offered Jadavian Clowney. Do you happen to know anything about that? I don't. I just know that he came in for a visit um, on Wednesday. He left without a contract. I do know that. Uh, he's probably going to want a one-year, $12 million deal, maybe $10 million. Um, that's another player that, that had early success and has not had recent success. He only played eight games last year. Yeah. He, he was injured. He had zero sacks. Yeah. He had 26 tackles. I mean, what are you paying for now? Are you paying for the name brand? <laughs> yeah, that, right, yeah, that I Michigan, know, that Michigan hit. That's what. That's yeah. what he's still living off. Of. Uh, I know. On this show, we're not huge Jadavian Clowney fans. So I said, if the Browns can get him dirt cheap, cool. But I'm not paying for Jadavian Clowney because, like you said, I mean, he really hasn't been productive for a while. Um, yeah, and he's not. He's not going to come dirt cheap. Yeah, right. I agree. He thinks he thinks his worth is way higher than what it is, in my opinion. Um, well, look at J. Look at JJ Watt. JJ yeah. Watt signed for fifteen and a half million a year. I, I I was shocked at that. Me too. With his age and his injury concerns. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So then, I, I, you know, the we'll kind of one more big free agent signing that the the Browns did was linebacker Anthony Walker from the Colts. I know we're excited about him just because the linebacking core was so bad last year, and we talked about it. You know, even when you were on last time, how we needed help at that position. Do you think he fills that need? I think that's jackpot. He's only twenty five. Um, he's got real good speed, and he's a tackling machine. I think that's what jumps out most among his uh, his stats from his four seasons with the uh, the Colts. Um, He's had over 100 tackles in, in 2018 and 2019. And last year, he finished second on the Colts uh, with 92 tackles. He's got sideline to sideline ability. He's a team guy. He's a leader. He's selfless. Um, he has great instincts and fills gaps well. Now, he's got a little bit of an issue recognizing run versus pass and getting back in coverage. I don't know how to fix that. Um, I'm sure they'll find a way. Yeah, I know we're we're really excited about this guy. the The biggest thing that why well, I got so excited wasn't even necessarily no. pulling up his numbers and seeing his production on the field. It was just the reaction from his teammates about losing him, especially like a guy like Darius Leonard talking about how much he meant to the team and how much he means to the locker room, and he's irreplaceable. So to me, it sounds like the Browns didn't just get a guy who is good on the field, but he's going to help some of these younger defensive players like Taki Taki and Mac Wilson, he's going to help them grow just by being a leader. Right. And if, if you remember um, Baker Mayfield threw one of his eight interceptions last year to Walker in week five against the Colts, when uh, Cleveland beat Indianapolis 32 to 23, um, that, that was kind of like almost a backbreaker in that game. And now we got him um, in house. He's, he's had, 343 tackles in four seasons. Uh, he's, he's a sure tackler. Uh, he doesn't blitz much. Last year he had a number of times that they sent him on a blitz was only 22 times. But he's, he's fast. He wraps up. Uh, if you look at pictures of him, he's not hand grabbing. He fills gaps well and, uh, but he just needs a little bit of, of work in the drop back uh, passing game, 
but he sheds and run pursuit real well, and he's got good closing speed. Yeah, we're excited to see what he does. I know the the linebacking core was abysmal last year, and we needed a lot of help there. So hopefully he can kind of be that that sure tackler in the middle that we so desperately needed. Uh, Before we get you out of here, I just wanted to ask, you know, was there anything the Browns did that surprised you or any names that you kind of thought we were going to go after that we didn't we didn't make a move for? Or did we do pretty much, you know, kind of what you were thinking? I was thinking that, that they were going to uh, sign a, a very, very well-known defensive end. I was glad that they signed Malcolm Smith back. So now you've got Jacob Phillips, Walker, and Malcolm Smith as your linebackers. I think that's an excellent, excellent linebacker core. But defensive line, first round, second round, you can guarantee that they're going to take an edge rusher. Now, there's still guys out there, not only Clowney, but uh, Justin Houston of the Colts, uh, Carlos Donlap. We know him from being in the division. Yep. Um, he was dropped from the Seahawks. Now, he's 32, but he provided a big boost to the Seahawks defense uh, after a trade from the Bengals, and then they, they just cut him. And also uh, Ma- uh, Melvin Ingram of the Chargers. He's been one of the best uh, defenders on the Chargers for the last nine years. Do you expect the Browns to make a move for one of those guys? I do. I think they'll take somebody. Um, I don't know if they'll bring Olivier Vernon back, but Ryan Kerrigan of the, the Washington football teams out there, Everson Griffin, uh, Geno Atkins, Danny Shelton. There are guys out there that can come in and compete for that left defensive end. And if they take a guy in the first round, which which there'll be plenty of prospects this year in all rounds, and if you take multiple guys, all of those people with McKinley will fight for that left defensive end uh, edge rusher spot. Yep. Yep, I agree. Awesome. Well, hey, Barry, we really appreciate you being here with us again today and breaking down those uh, those signings. Um we can't wait to have you on again. Honestly, it's it's a lot of fun having you on. If you guys want to check out some of the articles that Barry writes, head to dogsbynature.com. Uh, he's got a ton of good info on, on that website. And again, Barry, uh, thanks for being here with us today. Enjoyed my time with you. Have a good show. You too, if you have a show today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Barry. All right. Okay, so – uh, again, dogsbynature.com staff writer Barry Shuck, thank you for being here. And if you guys uh, like what he says, head over to the website and check out some of his articles. Zach, <laughs> and before, yeah. I say real quick, before we move into this mock draft, though, Zach's going to tell you guys some uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, so uh, are you tired of being locked into your Richie incognito self because of your hygiene in your pants? Is your situation a little more Nikhil Harry than you'd like? Do you think your partner is going to call you a Rex Grossman about your bad grooming? Well, today you can put all your problems to rest and try the Lawn Mower 3.0 from Manscaped. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout, and you can receive 20% off your order and free shipping when you buy the Perfect Package 3.0 or the Lawn Mower 3.0. With these products, you can guarantee that not only... Well, you feel like a happy feller, but your partner will Stefan digs your look after just one use. <laughs> feel more confident about yourself so there is less talky-talky in the bedroom. Well done. <laughs> well done, sir. That I, was great. Well done. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, w- I will say that I did, uh, I used the promo code, got my brother, Manscaped, got the lawnmower 3.0 for his birthday here this uh, past month. I gave it to him last weekend. 
um, it was so funny. He opened it up and, you know, he just kind of laughed. And of course, you know, there's, there's the grandparents. Well, what's that? Yeah, it's, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But he ripped that thing out of the box, ran over, plugged it in, was playing around, not using it. Right. Not yeah, using right. it. My goodness. What kind of party are you, you know. throwing down? Birthday parties are wild. Over. You know, he was just examining it and he was like, man, I, I've been wanting to get one of these and I've always thought about it. He's like, I just never pulled the trigger on it. I said, well, now you don't have to. I got it for you. Um, did you show him how to use it? I did. I gave him a little demo. <laughs> right. A little demo. I said, you know, you got to, you know, you want to go up, not down. <laughs> Don't worry. They send you instructions with, Absolutely. The, with the product. It's all good stuff. <laughs> well, that was super fun. Uh, and it sounds like I need to start attending birthday parties with Josh. Yeehaw, baby. <laughs> right. So like we mentioned in the opening, now we're going to knock out a seven round mock draft for you guys. Um, we're going to do our best Mel Kuyper. Todd McShay slash Andrew Barry impression uh, for you. Um, seven round mock draft coming up, and uh, we can't wait. The Dogs Mock Draft. All right, so let's get into this first ever uh, The Dogs Podcast Mock Draft. 1.0. Yeah, you know, so obviously there's still, like Barry mentioned, there's still free agents out there that we don't know where they're going to go. So. You know, if we if we draft an edge rusher here in the first round, and then at six o'clock tonight we sign Justin Houston, you know, chill out. Right, <laughs> this is right. the first one, but we're really excited to get into this. You guys should be able to see on your screen. We're going to go through. You'll be able to see who's available when we pick. You know, we want to hear from you guys. You know, did we pick somebody that you wouldn't have picked? Did we overdraft somebody? Did we put too much value on them? Uh, let us know. Leave us a voicemail. Dogspodcast dot com. Let's get into this. Yeah, and I will say just as a quick disclaimer, we are using Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator. There's a couple Mock Draft Simulators out there, and they right. all kind of have different guys going different places and things, but I ran through a couple of the other ones, and some of the guys they were mocking to other teams, I'm like, that would never happen. Yeah. Right. So I like this one. This one, I think we all kind of like this one the best. Yeah, I know I put hundreds and hundreds of hours into the dressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of hours this morning. Yeah, yeah. research, yeah. <laughs> All right, so are we ready to start this, baby? Yeah, let's yeah, go. This is right. Welcome to the Browns' war room. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, let's see what the Jaguars are going to do. I don't know. Justin Fields? Oh, my God. <laughs> what Tre- going they got Trevor Tre- Lawrence going three? <laughs> so this, this is already crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you what, if Trevor Lawrence goes Wait, three. Trey Lance just went to the Cowboys? Everything I just said about this draft being, this mock draft simulator being good, forget about it. Right, yeah. So wow. Let's see. Devontae Smith might be available at 26. Yeah, no <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're on the clock, and we're giving ourselves, what, three, four minutes here to make a pick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me get the timer started, guys. Okay, so the first thing we obviously need to do is we need to say what's the biggest need for this team. Um, I think we all decided that edge rusher was probably yeah. I would say that's where we needed to go. Yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest need. Um, also, we need interior D-line, some help there, linebacker. Um, and then kind of both spots in the secondary. All right. So, so let's look at the the board. So as far as edge rushers go, right? I mean, just right there in the top five on the board, we got Gregory Russo, yep. Aziz Ajulari, and Jalen Phillips. Yeah. So the thing about Gregory Russo, this guy, a lot of injury concerns, correct? He opted out this past year. He opted out, so he didn't play. But if he probably would have played, he, I mean, obviously with the quarterbacks, they said he would have been a top five pick if he would have played. Really? Not like um, everybody took quarterbacks, apparently, you know. So one thing, he's six foot six, 222 pounds. So that's a, li- well, a little lean. You know, is he going to be able to 
it says he doesn't have a lot of power aspect to his game. Still trying to f- figure that out. Six foot, two twenty two. Not a lot of power. Is he going to be able to, you know, bull rush an NFL tackle? Right, right. And then his teammate here, Jalen Phillips, was the guy that he had to retire from college football. What was that twenty for concussions? Yeah, yeah. I forget if that was last year or the year before, but mm-hmm. yeah, concussion issues. I think there's some other injury issues. So, I mean, man, with that first round pick, I don't know. I don't know if you want to go that route with with the injury history that the Browns defense has already. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know if we need a project. We kind of, you know, we need we need somebody that we know can come in and hopefully start day one. Right. So right. if we scroll down a little bit, um, Asante Samuel Jr. is on the board. Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa, is on the board. Um. So what I do you guys further too? I know Zayvon Collins is listed at linebacker, but with the build, you know, we were looking it up. Was he uh six six two sixty? What do we think about drafting him at edge, in or at linebacker, but p- converting him to edge? I mean, didn't you just say that we didn't need a project? <laughs> Is it, yeah, but I mean, he 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 gets to the quarterback. He's the at this point in the draft. Is he the best defensive player? You know, at linebacker available, linebacker slash edge. I'd say at this point in the draft. Probably, yeah. I would probably. I would agree. So I think he's probably the position. most surefire. Um, not I, there's not injury history. I don't think with him, or you know, major concerns. Um, it says he dominates backs in the blitz pickup. Uh, he can chase running backs down in space, which you know, if, if the Browns go linebacker, that's what they're looking for is that speed. I mean, th- that's what they've shown. That's what they've been doing. That's the, the kind of players they've been bringing in. Yeah. Um, looking at the cornerback position, there, Sante Samuel Jr. Um, you know, he's 5'10", 184, uh, was graded 13th at a, at the cornerback position in, uh, the 2020 season. Uh, he allowed, he only allowed 179 yards in eight games. So he only averages 22 yards a game that he was giving up. Um, pro football focus kind of says he's the smoothest athlete at that position available in the draft. Um, so is he, you know, at cornerback. In the first round, I don't know if I loved him. There were some other guys that I did like at that position. Um, you know, if like a Patrick Sertain kind of fell to us, yep. I would, I would, I know we need edge, but he'd be a lockdown corner to opposite Denzel Ward. But I don't know if I'd take Samuel here. So we're about 30 seconds out. So, so here's my, here's, I'm going to make my last case for Collins too. Even if we didn't convert him to edge, when you're picking 26, sometimes you just take best player available. I think you absolutely take best player. You know, available. and this guy, freak of nature, size and length, do you not see an off-the-ball linebacker? Edge rusher type skill set when blitzing. Running backs don't stand a chance. Movements, he has movement skills of somebody like Phillips, but he's 40 pounds heavier. Yep. So what, are we thinking Zaven Collins? What do you guys think? I, I'm good with Zaven Collins. Yeah. I like Zaven. All right, so Zaven Collins at 26 it is. And then the Ravens jump in and take Gregory Russo right after us. So Right, of course. Hopefully. It works that way, right? Yeah. That, <laughs> Every time I've done one of these mocks, I'm like, the, the Ravens always take a guy. I'm like, oh, he's going to be great. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't think he's came off yet. What's that? I don't think he still hasn't. Uh, he's still slipping. Who? Uh, who did we say uh, was going to go? Oh, Russo. No, he, he, went, he went right, right out. Yeah, did he? He, he did? Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Okay. Yeah, so I need coming, to get some glasses. Coming back up. So now it's like, okay, the Ravens got to pick after us in round one. Now they yeah. pick right before us, um, before our 59th pick here. So 
they ended up taking a safety there. Yep. Okay. So now just when this pops up immediately, I see two guys that I've looked into that I like here. Who are you thinking? So I, I like Elijah Molden, the safety out of Washington, and I like Aaron Robinson, cornerback out of UCF. I can scroll down and see who else is in here. Uh, Tyson Campbell, out of the cornerback out of Georgia, um, is a very physical cornerback um, playing on the Georgia Bulldogs defense. Um, but he lo- lacks a little bit of ball production as being one of his uh, biggest weakness. But this guy is a awesome tackler at the position at cornerback. Um, he's only missed five misses in coverage on 67 career attempts. So he uh, he's very skinny. He's a smaller guy, but you know he's willing to make a tackle. You don't have to worry about this guy maybe missing tackles like we've seen in the past at the cornerback position. Um, and then, like you said, Aaron Robinson. He's a little bit uh, he's a little bit bigger than Tyson Campbell is. He's six one one ninety three. Um, he was pretty much a slot corner at UCF in his career. Um, Another good guy, another good option at cornerback, like Josh said. But what do you guys think, Blake, well, Justin? What do you guys? Uh, what are you guys feeling here? I definitely think I think corners the, where we need to go yeah, here on I this agree. pick for sure. Um, I kind of like the guy out of Georgia, Campbell Tyson yeah. Campbell. Um, Georgia's a good football program, you know. Like uh, I don't, I don't love corners who haven't played against NFL type wide receivers in college a lot. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't I don't want them the first time they go up against somebody with like a four three forty speed is week one for the Browns. Because no matter yeah. what, when you're playing against an NFL wide receiver, that's a pro receiver. I don't care if he's their one, two, three guy, whatever. Yep. That's a pro receiver. Yeah. So I mean Rashard Higgins, you know, the Browns third receiver would probably be better than a lot of the receivers yeah. Robinson played in his entire career. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what That's I mean? That's a great point. So, if we're thinking corner, I'm kind of on the Tyson Campbell train. Um, you know, G- Georgia was, always has a solid defense. Uh, so, that that's kind of my pick. I don't know what you not, guys are thinking. Not to swing anybody either here at the end. All right. We did lose Larry Omidrovi. So, <laughs> do, we need, do we need an interior defensive guy on the line? Well. I'm reading about McNeil. Says so he's got a lot of potential. I I. Did some looking. I just was not totally impressed with a lot of these early round interior defensive linemen, especially here in this like second round. But and then Najee Harris is on the board right now. There you go, get him. <laughs> just go get Creed him. Humphrey, that, probably best center, one of the best centers in the draft. Right. <laughs> so the the other it. guy I like here is Joseph Asai, the edge rusher out of Texas. I know we just drafted Zayvon Collins, but if we're kind of thinking him as like that linebacker slash edge rusher potentially to get another you know, solidified edge rusher here in the second round would not be, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if the Browns did that. No, I mean, it's, we literally, we don't know. We don't know what we're getting. We also, I mean, literally going into next year, we don't know what we're getting out of Curtis Weaver. I mean, there's. It's true. And Barry did make a good point. There are more, you know, other edge rushers still available in free agency that, you know, I'm sure the Browns are looking into, so. So we are we are we where are we going? Yeah, where you guys want? Yeah. <laughs> we going Somebody cor- make a decision. <laughs> I'm good with the corner out of Georgia. If you guys are, I know Blake, that's your guy right here. Yeah, let's I'm pull cool the trigger. Yeah. Pull the trigger. All right, so we're going. Browns are going to ta- draft Tyson Campbell, cornerback out of Georgia. So I think now that the I think the Browns 
our Browns team has now addressed, I think, two of our biggest needs as far as the defense. Right, and I think that, you know, taking the cornerback there, we're not saying that we don't already have somebody in. Okay, because you got Greedy that's coming back. It's just that question mark of you don't know what he's going to be able to bring. You know, that injury lingered. Yeah, that injury lingered way longer than anybody thought it was going to, so there's big question marks there. We hope Greedy's the guy, and this guy that, you know, if we bring in, um, the corner out of Georgia that he's just going to add another depth piece because of the defensive scheme that Joe Woods wants to play. And and you heard uh, you heard Barry talk about Hill. You know, hopefully we're getting good Hill, but like he said, he, he's only had one right. good season. Right. So I don't think you can never have too much secondary help. No, we saw that, and that's why I would have I would kind of advocate for another safety here at some point in the draft. Um, just because I know if they're going to run that rotation with safeties, I mean, John Johnson's great. Ronnie Harrison is great. Grant Delpit, question mark, haven't seen him play. Hopefully he can stay healthy and show that he's that guy. Um, Sheldrick Redwine, but then it's like, okay, so if we have injuries or somebody's not living up to the hype, where do we go for depth? So that's that's kind of my take on the safeties. But here we are with our, what, our third pick. So we've got this pick, 89, and then we skip 90 for the Vikings. And we're right back on at 91. So we kind of almost get back to back here. Mm-hmm. So if we kind of pick two guys we like in this draft pool that's available, well, we should be good. So I was kind of looking at the interior D line here. And now that we're into the third round, and a guy I was kind of looking at, is he still available? I don't know if he can change just the interior D line up there. But the guy out of Ohio State, Tommy, yeah. the guy. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people talk about him. Looks like Tommy Tagai is gone. He's gone, buddy. Bastard's gone. <laughs> now, this Tyler Shelvin, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I know he opted out in 2020, so he didn't play, but he was on that you know, national championship team at LSU. Yeah. Um, it says he earned an 88.3 run defense grade as a redshirt sophomore. So, yeah, not terrible. Yeah, he's a big guy. Um, yes. And I don't mean height-wise. I mean, he comes <laughs> in that, you know, he said it said that, you know, his biggest thing, his biggest weakness is can he keep his weight under control? That he's uh, he's going to be a – he'd be a great uh, run stopper in the NFL. Um, his NFL comparison is Terrence Knighton, um, who's kind of a big guy uh, as well, that as long as he can keep that under control, he'd probably be successful in the NFL. Um, but sometimes you kind of see that it's not always that way. Um, you know, he was reportedly up to 375 last fall. Wow. Now, that's a, that's so, a big guy. So let me let yeah, me just jump in here real quick with somebody that I got my eyes on with one of these next two picks. <clears throat> so that would be, um, I'm going to try to say this the best I can, Hamsa Nez- Nazarilladeen, the safety out of Florida State. Um, so what they're, kind of the, the report on him is he has great size for the position. It's safety. He's 6'4", 220. Uh, it says he's just not particularly explosive, but that's okay if he's going to play more of that strong safety linebacker area and role. They say he's a smooth defender, zone defender, uh, terrific tackler. That's the one that popped out to me. Uh, I'm going to throw one out there too. How about Joe Tryon from Washington? They said he's uh, one of the best bull rushing uh, pass edges in the draft. They just said he loves to attack, just hasn't quite figured out the hands yet so when you go to you know the pros there's probably going to be an issue but i mean nothing that a coach or like let's say a miles garrett can't show him a couple things you know like during camp but um 
I mean, it really just comes down to what we need. What that was that was Joe Tryon you were talking yeah, about yeah, the Washington. Yep. yep. So we so, uh, uh, one other guy uh, that you kind when you kind of scrolled down there, uh, Chaz Surratt there, the linebacker out of North Carolina. This guy is, I think, almost a prototypical kind of linebacker that Joe Woods. He's not a big guy, 6'2", 225. Um, he was actually a quarterback coming into or coming out of high school, three-star dual-threat quarterback um, that had offers from Clemson, North Carolina, Duke. Um, and then he ended up switching to linebacker a couple years ago. Uh, he's just – he plays 100 miles per hour every snap. He's really good at uh, blitzing. He's not going to be your best run stopper because of his size. Um, but I think maybe in a Joe Wood-style offense at a line – and I know we already took, you know, Zayvon Collins. Do we move him, you know, towards the edge and we've got a, we want another speedy guy in the middle? Um, wouldn't be a terrible option as well, just to throw a different name out there. So what do we think? What do we think is the highest priority right now? Do we need if if we're moving Collins to edge, or we do we need that middle linebacker still? Or are we happy with you know Malcolm Smith, Anthony Walker, Phillips? There's or do you or do we need to throw another safety back there? Or do we need to go with this this D lineman? Now there's a couple linebackers later in the draft that I I think are good for the Browns or would be good for the Browns, and with what they've done, kind of like Barry said to shore up that position with Anthony Walker bringing back Malcolm Smith, I think. We're going to be okay. And there's probably also some more free agents we can look into as well. That's not the, that's not the Browns' primary position. It's that D-line and it's that secondary. That's where they really want the strength to be. So I think with these next two picks, we need to be looking probably D-line, edge rusher, because we don't know about Zayvon Collins, if he's going to be that edge rusher. Maybe uh-huh. he just be linebacker. But So I'm, I'm kind of on this, the, the, the big guy from LSU. You know, with us having, you know, Malcolm Smith isn't a huge guy. Phillips isn't a huge guy. So the fact that this guy is the size of a mountain, you know, and can eat up blocks so our linebackers can run free, I kind of like that. And I think if this dude's getting paid millions of dollars, the Browns aren't going to let him get his weight out of control. At least I don't think so. Not not this Browns team. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be on him from jump street to be in shape. And if not, they're going to fine him in money talks. You know what I mean? So – it's, yeah, it might be hard to stay in shape when, you know, you're the king of the campus or whatever on your national championship winning football team. But when you show up 10 pounds overweight, so you get fined at $500,000, that hurts. Yeah, and remember that we did sign Malik Jackson, and I know that they said that he – what did they call him? They want him to play big edge, meaning that he's going to play interior D-line, but they can also put him out to the edge if they need to. So I'm starting to wonder if that – that other side of Miles Garrett isn't going to be more of a rotational spot this year, like just bringing in fresh guys, different looks each time. So, so you're thinking Tyler Shelvin? That's kind of my vote. I don't know what you guys are. thinking. I'm good with that. Yeah, with the first one. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so the Browns are going to take Tyler Shelvin interior D line out of LSU, and the Vikings took Rashad Weaver, another edge rusher. Okay. So I'm going to continue to advocate here for the safety out of Florida State. But um, let's hear it. Why? 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 Because no. <laughs> <laughs> I want another. I want another good tackling player in that rotational safety unit to go with John Johnson, Delpit, Ronnie Harrison. I think you know Red Wine. I I just, I just think having one more guy who could develop into that 
you know, a reliable starter, you know, a good playmaking tackler on our defense would be would be really what Joe Woods is looking to have. So is there one available on the board that you want? Are you talking about Joshua? No, I'm talking about uh, Hamsun. Okay. Hamsa okay. N- <laughs> Yeah, I did that on purpose to you. There. Oh, okay. Thanks a lot. No, I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> There's so many names in here. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to butcher every one, but that's okay. So the biggest knock on this guy says he's just not particularly explosive, but I feel like we got Troy Hill, who's a defensive playmaker as far as make uh you know touchdowns and stuff like that. Delpit is supposed to be explosive when he comes back. John Johnson's so we don't necessarily need this guy to be that explosive score points defensive guy. Yeah, it says he, he wraps up in space. He only missed twenty two tackles on two hundred and thirty three attempts. Uh plays with great balance, steady, under control play style, and he has the length at six four to keep blockers at bay. Josh I would go out on a limb and say you did more research than all of us combined. So yes. this is your guy. <laughs> right. I say we. I say we let Josh make let's his let, pick. Yeah, this would be my guy at this spot. You okay. know what I mean? So I'm not going to say his name again. We're just going to draft him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got the safety Josh wanted. Don't pick again here until 110. So. And Josh, you might as well just close your computer and stuff because we're not letting you make any more picks. Right, yeah, <laughs> you're done for the day. I'll just run the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to make some notes here. So we have Tyler Shelvin. Yeah, it takes us into round four, pick 110. And I mean, now we're now you're best available. Yeah, I mean, you're best available. You're looking at skill positions here. Yeah. You know, first four on the board. Um, I've heard a safety. lot about. Th- I know. What about the St. Brown guy? I've heard. Now, a, I've heard a lot about this guy. I know you want me to shut my computer, but <laughs> I I do like the fact that he's on the board here, and I think the Browns need to address wide receiver at some point. And it it, it sounds crazy, but we're not going to have the guys we have forever. I don't think exactly it crazy. because Landry and Beckham. Yeah, I don't know how many more years these two guys can stay on the Browns with their contract situations. And then crazy. Higgins was only a one year deal, so. We're looking at another year of running it back, and then we need to have something there besides just Donovan Peoples-Jones on a, on a long-term contract. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy. And I, with what the Browns have done the last couple of years, you're kind of in a position to just take a guy that you like. Yeah. In, in you know, Pro Football Focus has this guy projected as a third-rounder. We're, we're in the fourth right now. The, the St. Brown from yeah. USC. We're in the fourth, so I think to get this guy now, he's projected a third if we give him the fourth, that's good value. It says he doesn't do too much to get you excited, but he's a solid all-around profile to be a quality number two receiver. I don't think we're going to lose Odell and Jarvis. We're going to lose maybe one of them. So we're, we're not looking to replace a number one here. We're looking for a depth guy and a solid number two. So I don't know. I, I like this St. Brown. I think he, you know, I think he's a good, good ball player. The other guy I'm looking at here – Oddly enough, it's offensive side of the balls. I think we need to start looking at our O-line depth um, at some point in this draft. And I see Deontay Brown, the guard from Alabama, who I know he graded out pretty well. Um, I'm trying to see here. So the or, uh, NFL draft profile had him projected at a 6.25 grade. They said it was a good backup who can become a starter, which at this point in the draft and with our offensive line that we have intact now, those are the kind of guys we need. Yeah, where you got the luxury where the offense is so good that we don't ha- really have needs, immediate needs. Yes. And I feel like we've already addressed the immediate defensive needs early in this draft. So now we're kind of 
we're kind of like spoiled. We're kind of picking for, you know, what do we think can help us depth wise and down the road. um, We're not looking for somebody who can make an immediate impact, you know, come training camp. Right. And um, the nice thing here is we're at pick 110, and then we, we turn around and pick again at 132, so not too far away. And I don't know, maybe Brown drops. Maybe we could scoop up a guard there. Are we thinking Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver out of USC here? I, I liked it. The only knock that I saw on him is he struggled. So he used to play inside, got moved outside, and then really had um, some problems getting separation downfield. So it depends on where we want to use him. You know, are we going to use him more inside because that's where he, you know, flourished in college before they had to make the switch just for their own personnel at USC and had to move him outside. Um, but he's definitely a very talented um, wide receiver coming out. Another guy that was kind of on there that Sage Sarati's actually related to Chaz that was at I wonder. Yeah, the linebacker. Yeah, yeah, the linebacker. Um, they kind of compared him to he's. Definitely a physical wide receiver, um, but he's not he's not very quick. Um, but he's going to be able to maybe get your separation right off the line of scrimmage. But he's not going to be able to outrun anybody, you know, on his routes. They said his comparisons a late career Des Bryant is kind of where he late was career a late is career. It, are we I don't know his late career because yeah. it wasn't yeah. so good. I don't know. I don't know if that's late career Baltimore, Baltimore or, or late career Dallas because late would, career Dallas wasn't, I would take that. It wasn't, wasn't bad. bad. Yeah, I mean they were uh, the fumble whatever yeah. scenario in Green Bay away from moving on to the playoffs that year. But yeah. uh, I'm good with the St. Brown. I think that he's got a – I think that if you're taking him, you're thinking maybe he's going to fill Jarvis's role. I agree. And what I liked about him is that he's great in yards after the catch at making that first guy miss, especially when you put him in the slot. You know, I feel like that just helps Baker. He can throw – you know, he can, this guy can turn a three-yard slant into, you know, a 30-yard completion. So, I'm on the Amon Ra St. Brown train, if you guys are. I'm done. Especially because this guard you were talking about has a fourth-round grade. Gotcha. We have another okay. pick in this fourth round. So, I think, you know, there's a better chance Deontay Brown's still going to be there when we Yeah, I think next. so. So, we're going to take the younger brother of Equinemius St. Brown. Do you guys know that? <laughs> no. Yes. I did not. Yes, yeah. Green Bay Packers wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not know that. Monroe St. Brown, wide receiver. Welcome to the Browns. All right, so now moving into this next pick, what are we looking at as far as position? Is there anything of need that you guys want to focus on? So this is where, you know, if Deontay Brown's available, I'm I'm 100% okay with taking him just went, just went to the Titans at 126. Ah, stupid Titans. Also, <laughs> there goes the other wide receiver, Sarad, at 130. We also talked, you know, Barry talked about potentially needing like a swing tackle. So if and, we have any tackles available. Well, there you just mentioned it. We got Robert Hainsey uh, for Notre Dame, best available on the board. Um, so why everybody – and then uh, another thing that I just want to point out, Ohio State guy going to pick right before us to Baltimore Ravens, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's taking Ohio how State it always happens. Taking Browning at the linebacker position there. So what's kind of crazy about this Robert mm-hmm. Ainsey guy is still available. He graded out last year at an 89.6. Okay. So his run block grade was an 88. His pass block grade was an 80. His zone grade was a 91. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Browns run that zone scheme. Correct? I'm not an idiot. Yeah, yeah no, 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 you're, not an, idiot. you're okay. not an idiot. Well, so, not, not, not right now, I'm anyway. I'm not agreeing. Yeah. I have called you an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <in the> show <laughs> before, but. So, I mean – 
it kind of seems like a cop out just because he's the you know the top guy available. But I mean, I'm almost kind of surprised that he's still available. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. There's Maybe a, a little undersized at six five two ninety. Say, there's another guy a little further down the way here, um, and it's Chris Rumpf the second edge rusher out of Duke. Um, he grades out pretty well. Um, he said his pass rushing toolbox can stand up with NFL veterans. He's very polished, reactive rusher, tremendous balance, uh, very effective as a stand-up linebacker if he needs to be a uh, motor that won't quit. So when I was doing mock drafts, Chris Rumpf in some of the mock drafts was slipping to the sixth round. Was he? I have him. I have him just on my stuff as possibly around the sixth round, just when like three or four that I, I and ran. that's fine. I'm fine waiting but on it, but I just wanted to point slips, him out here. If he yes. slips, or yeah, but if he goes like you know, yeah, and I was I mean, gonna if I was gonna say if you can scroll back up there, Josh. Yep. Looking at the, I was wanted to see some of these other names that were listed there at the top. So you've got Jay Tufili, the interior D lineman from USC, Bobby Brown the third. Same position, Texas A&M. Um, and then I don't think we would be looking at Divine Diablo, the safety out of Virginia Tech, since we've already taken our safety. Have we taken a an interior defensive? We did. We took Shel- the Shelvin okay. guy, right? Tyler Shelvin. Okay, yep. okay, okay. So we did take him. All uh, right. Was there somebody else you were looking at there, though, Justin? No, I just feel like that was going into the season. I feel like that's something that he's addressed. Right. So, what are you guys thinking? Are we, are we thinking this Robert Hainsey, the tackle out of Notre Dame? That's that's th- who my vote would be. I think it's the best value for this late to beginning a guy who's graded that high. No, it's, it, I mean, we got to have some depth there for sure. We yeah, saw that Harris, even though we've got yeah. the, the a really good offensive line, they're not going to stay healthy consistently yeah. the entire season. All five. A lot of our right. backup linemen too are more interior. Nick Harris is yep. your guard center. Yep. I guess Hans moved out to that tackle, but. That first time he was at guard. I think Hans was just doing what anything they asked him to do. Yeah. Right. So I was just I th- happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and normally Chris Hubbard would be that swing yep. tackle guy, yep. but his injury, so who knows what that's going to be like. So I'm okay with taking this guy. Yeah. yeah so, if it was me, okay. I'd probably take Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding, Browns fans. All right. So Robert Hainsey, the tackle out of Notre Dame. They, uh, they produce some okay Offensive linemen in the last couple mm-hmm. years. Absolutely. So. Yeah, and it's nice, like you said, Blake, we're not drafting out of necessity for that offensive side of the ball. We're drafting for depth and, you know, potential future value. Yeah, because some of these linemen are, you know, they're not going to be here. Batonia's getting older. Yep. Treader, you know, is getting older. Treader, definitely. And there is a center later on here that I, I've had my eye on doing these mock drafts, and we'll see if he's still around maybe you don't have with our second-to-last pick. Or you don't so. have any faith in Nick Harris taking that spot? I do like Nick Harris. I do, but I'm just saying, the in, like you said, that interior line, the guards, the centers. I know Browns fans don't want to hear it either. But oh, look Wyatt, who's at uh, the top of the board. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Wyatt Chris Teller, Rump, uh, the second. To All right, what were you saying? Free agent next year. So what can you tell us about this guy, this Chris Rumpf? Everything yeah. I just told you in the last pick. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and we're getting great depth because we're getting him, uh, you know. All right, so right here it says, you will not find a more skilled pass rusher in the draft class. Do it. Wow. I mean, we're gonna do sell it. Now. You sold me. Do it. You sold me. Round five. Now, they said that as far as explosion, not not the top of the list or anything like that, but this said is, his pass rushing toolbox can stand up against these uh, veteran tackles in the NFL. The only thing that scares me a little bit is in 2018, he's graded out at 63. 
And then 2019, he graded at 93.7. Right. But now, if you look at the trends across these, a lot of these grades are going to be higher for most of these players in 2019 because of the weird season last year. Okay. I, I've noticed that, that a lot of the grades, it's like, wow, they look great in 19. Then 20, it's like, did they suck? They, yeah. Well, they didn't get to, you know. Right. There's a lot of, like, hands-on coaching stuff that didn't get to happen. Yeah. And maybe so. they only played three games. Who knows? I yeah. don't know how some of these teams. Or you sat and wait like Pac. Or you waited three games. Yeah, and then the, you didn't the Pac play. twelve or whatever sure. they call it. These, you know. Do we want to pull the trigger on him? I'm okay with pulling the trigger. All right, we are going to take. Do we going to say something? Yep. Zach? Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm good with it. Yeah. Chris Rump the second. All right, we've got two picks left. Yep. So two eleven. So we uh, we're off for around almost forty picks here. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how are you guys feeling so far about our draft? I'm very interested to see, you know, because at the end of this, Pro Football Focus will give us a draft grade. I'm, I'm very, interested to see. I'm interested to see how nervous. we did. Because no matter what I did, I could not get higher than a B plus when I did all these. Yeah. No, so I, I'm exactly. curious. And I'm really interested to see what uh, what the people are thinking. Like, how are we doing? You know? Yeah. Especially, you know. Oh, I'm sure they'll they're going to eat us alive. <laughs> they'll let I, us know. There's some people out there who probably – Spend hours and hours and hours doing this. I I watch Ohio State in college, and that like I don't watch a ton of other college football. Yeah, me and Blake were talking about that, and then last night I stayed up till you know one thirty in the morning watching Stipe, my <laughs> uh, the Cleveland's original champ. Uh, can't wait to see you back, champ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we are at pick two eleven. Is there I anything can... we haven't addressed that you think needs addressed? We've picked. We've picked. A linebacker slash edge. We just yep. picked a, an, another edge. We got safety. We've got corner. We've yeah. got D tackle. So I will say here, uh, Michael Manet, I think is probably how you say his name. Manet, uh, center out of Penn State, is kind of the guy I've been targeting in these late rounds. I'm going to pull up his profile here. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we're getting late in the draft, so, I mean, he's not like this high-quality starting caliber guy or anything, but I think he's somebody that can develop into a starter eventually, um, given the, the right coaching and, and time to develop. Well, we got a good one there. We, we have do. a great uh, Crayo line coach, so. We do. Right? What I like about this, too, is if you can develop this guy into a starter eventually, um, you know, Nick Har- that frees Nick Harris up for one of those guard positions if, you know, say – Joel Batonio, you know, the Browns don't bring him back on another contract because he's getting older. I don't see that happening because he's kind of like Browns royalty right now. But, you know, business is business sometimes. You don't know how it's going to go. So So one other guy that I I know it's kind of crazy to talk about here um, with with the people we have at this position, but what about Elijah Mitchell, the running back out of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns? Um, I'm just kind of thinking – Depth and then looking long term, you know, if we sign Nick Chubb to a big deal next year, I don't think we're keeping Kareem Hunt around. You know, there's no way these two guys are going to, you know, dominate this backfield for years moving forward. So I think getting a good explosive runner, um, they say he's ideal, uh, built for all around um, three down work. He's five foot 11, 218. Uh, he's got speed and burst, talented footwork, three years of production. Um, 2018, 13 touchdowns, 2019, 16 touchdowns, and last year on an abbreviated season, he had eight touchdowns. So, I'm okay with taking a flyer on a running back. And like yeah. like you said, we're not going to have uh, Chubb and Hunt forever. 
No, no. And, and there will be running backs available that we can talk about with our last pick here, too, if we wanted to take the center here. Um, was there anybody else that you guys had in this range that you wanted to talk about? Uh, just in, like, the running back uh, guy that I remember just kind of seeing a little bit from being back in college just because his name stood out uh, was Puka Williams Jr. from Kansas. Uh, you know, he's touted as being, you know, one of the quickest running backs. He's pretty much a scat back is what he is. Um, you know, he's been quoted that you can't touch him in a phone booth type of uh, shiftiness that uh, he's just super quick, um, getting fast out of his cuts. He's got unique suddenness. Um, that the broken tackle numbers that he's registered in college don't do him justice because some guys miss so badly that it wasn't considered a missed tackle. Um, <laughs> but you know he's but for him he's limited in size. You know he's a one seventy pound running back. Mm-hmm. He's your Darren Sproles ish type running back. That's just uh, third down passing situations. You could probably motion him out into the slot. Nobody's going to be able to type, cover this type of a guy, but he's limited in what he can do. I tell you what, though, Darren Sproles had a really good career. Right, he did. Right, you know what I mean. If we could get so, I mean, and this guy, I mean, I'm, he ranked his overall grade in 2018. He kind of uh, regressed a little bit. Um, he had a, a injury in 2020, but he ranked as a grade as a 90.1 in 2018, 86.3 in 2019, then a 72.9 in 2020 and i'll say this about you know if we lose kareem hunt or nick chubb whichever one we don't lose then the other guy's gonna step up and be the bell cow back so we don't necessarily maybe need somebody in that mold maybe this scat back type guy is yes we pair with them looking at the way they're running this offense though last year it was you don't I think mean, how, Ernest Johnson can be that? Well, I don't know. What I'm saying is, I don't think that either Chubb or Hunt, whoever it is, is going to be a you know a bell cow. I think that this coaching staff wants to utilize two running backs. You know, I, you saw that we have Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the league, and a lot of times in the second half, he was nowhere on the field because they just kept bringing in Kareem Hunt. So it was a lot. Do of, we do that just because we have that option, or is that what they want to do? Man, whenever I mean, when Hunt or uh, when Chubb was down. It seemed like they were still trying to do that with Dearness, what not Johnson, but I, I just don't think he had the, the skill set to do it. So, all right, so fight for it. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah uh, Mitchell just, or Puka Williams? Yeah, I was just throwing, you know, a running back option out there. Um, if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably take Elijah Mitchell. If I it's was picking between then. the two, are you okay with Elijah Mitchell? I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Another guy, another guy later kind of in there. I think we picked him in now, but say we like swapped and we're waiting until like 257 to make a running back pick. Somebody like a Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. Well, do you want to do that? Do you want no, to take it's the, up to it's the, do you want to take the center here that we talked about and then just wait and see what running backs are available? Well, the last if, pick? if we're if we're kind of, you know, happy if we think they're all three comparable, I'm a, I'm good with that. I, think, I, saw that, that too. I think I think the one of the biggest picks here because it's you're at 211 then you're at 257, your last two picks. You're necessarily just taking your guy here mm-hmm. that I mean, you're taking your guy at this pick rather than taking like a best available um because be, because you just don't know who's going to be available at the end. And and to be completely honest, Probably round five, round six, round seven. These guys, they might not make the team. Right. right? Yes, this is very you know, the, true. The, the Browns, yes. we're in that rare position. How many times in the past are <laughs> we're counting on six-round picks? But like, yeah. man, that guy we got in the sixth round. We're counting he's on be drafted free yeah, agents. Be yeah. Yeah. He he's going to be good. Now, we're, you know, outside of the third round, 
these guys are going to be clawing and fighting for a roster position because of how deep we are and how talented we are at the top end of our roster. So, I mean, it's kind of like, it's just, you know, who do you think has the best chance to make our team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, and I'd be okay waiting here to take a running back. I think the last you go pick. center. I like the center pick center? Too, there, okay. too. All right, so we'll take Michael. I'm thinking it's Manet. Manet, yeah. Let's just see what uh, what we're left with here at the end. I The thing with the scat back, Puka Williams what? type of player. He just went. He who just did? Went. Puka. Puka, Puka and Elijah just the, both went. The thing with like a player like Puka is I think he would be more prominent year one. Because he fills a role that the other two running backs don't fill, whereas Elijah Mitchell or a back like that would probably have to sit and wait a mm-hmm. year. So we are getting close here. How cool is this, by the way? You guys can't see this on screen, but we got a TV set up. This is very legit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Man. We're not just like looking off into the nothing. Right. If this is what it feels like to be in the war room, just. I feel like there's probably a little bit more pressure. A little yeah. bit more stress. More stress. <laughs> I don't have to pay these guys after I pick them. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, well, there's your go. guy, man. There's there your guy. Is. Yeah. Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. Um, I say tough Borland. <laughs> just because I'm an Ohio State home. Of course. Of course you would say that. Um, he's, uh, you know, a 6'1", 228, uh, running back coming out, 83.8 grade. Um, last season ran for 482 yards, averaged over five yards a carry um, with six touchdowns. Well, obviously they have Najee Harris there, so he wasn't going to be the bell cow, bell cow back there in uh, at Alabama. But he, I remember my wife's an Alabama fan, so I've watched more Alabama games than I'd like to admit. Um, but he he's a guy that when he was in the game, he did stand out. You could tell, you know, that he had a, a nice pop. Um, had a good first step coming out of the out of his breaks. So he's a guy that you know is a big back. That now he's not the scat back like we just said might help us eventually, but he might fill that role of when we have to decide who we're keeping around in Cleveland type of a thing. If if the Browns offensively are thinking kind of what Josh said, you know, hey, we don't want one guy who's getting thirty five carries in a game. We'd like it, you know, eighteen and twelve type of right. a thing. Yep. Hey, I'm sold. You convinced me. All so, right, Brian. Yeah, Rob at, this, at this point in the draft. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, so we're going to take Brian Robinson Jr. Najee Harris is back up. All right, so now I'm really excited to see, you know, how does pro football focus think we did? Uh, yeah, not looking good. great. <laughs> not great. I don't know the last. Okay, okay we did. We okay. took a solid We got to be. We got to be, we hit, I mean, they're at the end of the draft, you know, we hit on We a got lot good of value late. Yeah. They just think, maybe what, they think we, we reached early? I, I mean, maybe on the, I, the, with the wide receiver from USC, I think that there's a lot, there's some doubt of what he did late in his career when we look at that pick. Um, so maybe that's why he's ranked there. Um, maybe we we stretch there, but it was kind of like that need where we wanted to get some value at that you know, at that well, position. To take him with our fifth pick in the draft that we have. Right. You know, I think that's pretty good value. And I will say from doing these mock drafts this past, you know, week or two, I've not gotten much higher than a C plus on any wide receiver that I've taken anywhere yeah. in the draft. Because it's not a huge position of need for the Browns. Right. But as and Browns fans, we know that it'd be nice to have a little bit more depth there. Right. That and then you run into effect of your tiers of wide receivers that are coming out into a draft. I mean, you have your like first round 
really good talent. Then it kind of tapers off from there. You're not going to get, you know, great talent in, you know, with a fifth pick or into your fourth, fifth round um, draft. Uh, I'm kind of surprised the Tyler Shelvin getting the B-plus grade on him. I thought maybe that would have been a little bit of a knock just because of his weight and kind of the factors with him. Um, But overall, I think we did a pretty good job. Our tackle pick was a good pick. Yeah, Chris Rump, the edge rusher. Get, I think waiting on him was good because yep. we got him right when we wanted him. Um, I'm happy with the draft. I really am. I, maybe we could have done better at corner. Yeah, I, but there I wasn't. Agree. There wasn't. Unless we would have went first round corner. I mean, there wasn't. And the only one there was Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, and draft, I'm not so, sold on him. I'm uh, not sold on him. Now, obviously, you know, this is a mock draft. We're at the liability of what the computer's telling us everybody else is taking. There's a lot of good cornerbacks out there that we could f- get in the yeah. first round, you know, if Depending Zavin on Collins is, yeah, Zavin Collins is taken or something, you know, or, or we trade up. there. And I, right. Wait, there's, we got picks. I think things are going to shake out too over the next month because there's pro days that need to happen yet. There's guys that opted out in 2020 that they don't have any tape on since 2019. So they're just kind of waiting to see. And I think some of these, you know, some of this is going to change. So when we do our mock draft 2.0, Based right. on yes. our listener feedback and what um, we get some feedback from a draft expert next week and kind of some of the more information that's going to come out. It'll be interesting to see what changes in the next one we do. Yeah, biggest thing going into the draft that I want personally that the Browns don't, I don't want to take guys that, you know, have been, they've had injuries in college. There's a, one that Miami uh, edge rusher, Jaylen I think Phillips. he had the concussion, yeah, yep, he yeah, had the concussion yep. issues, you know. I really want to as much, even if they're super talented. If we if there's if there's choice A and B, and this guy's got some injuries, but he's a little bit better, but B's a little bit behind. I'd rather have B because I'm tired of drafting a guy that's got some type of problem, and then we don't get to use him. Ever. I just, yeah, that, I, that's that's my biggest thing. You know, as long as the gap's not huge. You know, I'm not taking a guy a six round project in the second because he's healthy. Right. But you right. know, if we're splitting hairs. Yeah. He's healthy because he never got to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is very true. Very true. So that other guy was taking all his time. Yeah. I agree with that, though. I I hate drafting people. Then, I mean, nothing against Delpit, but it just sucks, you know, and greedy. So, yeah, we're hoping, you know, fingers crossed that those guys are both back and both the player we think that they can be because if they are, our defense, our defense this year, I mean, Big upgrade. Sometimes you see it takes a year or two to rebuild a defense and to get some guys there, and the Browns are looking like they might already have it in-house. I'm telling you right now, this season, Browns are Super Bowl contenders. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And it all depends on Baker Mayfield. Right. Uh, it usually does. So yeah. depend on the QB. But I believe, I believe it's going to take – it's harder. It's going to – nobody wants to see Cleveland this year. Especially based on our draft. That's right. <laughs> right. So, and, and, you know, interesting. I just want to throw this out there to our fans that are listening. Comment and on the episode. If you think somewhere later in the draft, if there is a quarter, I mean, a quarterback out there that you wouldn't mind, you know, stashing on our roster. Are you okay with just keeping Case Keenum? Case Keenum's getting old. Not that I'm saying to replace Baker Mayfield, but right. maybe another guy that you want just in case something were he had to get injured. Just interested. For me, I don't want my backup quarterback to be an unproven rookie. I'd rather have a seasoned vet be my backup quarterback. I'm more in that camp as well. Um, and like you said, we're not looking to develop anybody into anything more than a backup. So 
And why bring in somebody where as soon as Baker throws one interception, some dumbass like me comes onto their <laughs> podcast and starts screaming about getting the backup in there, you know? So I but, guess that's true. So, but yeah, let us know what you think. If you're, you know, if you think we should draft somebody late, you know, let us know. But well, that wraps up our mock draft for today. Uh, as you can see, we got a solid B. Way better than any of the grades I got in high school or college, so we're doing pretty well. That's why we're doing podcasting, guys. Yeah. Right. Uh, we want to thank you for checking out another episode of The Dogs. Uh, you know, Big thank you to Barry Shuck for being with us again today. Uh, we love having him on. Make sure you tune in next week when we have draft analyst Brian Bosarge from Deep Fried Draft on. He's going to grade our mock draft as well as give us some insight on what he thinks the Browns are looking to do in the draft. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about our mock drafts, so don't forget to get your thoughts and your intros into us by leaving us a voicemail at thedogspodcast.com. Lastly, don't forget to head to manscaped.com. You have a few more days to use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, to get free shipping and 20% off when you pick up the Lawnmower 3.0 or the Perfect Package 3.0. Also, head to thenorth.com, use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 25% off your entire order at checkout and get yourself some pretty awesome Browns gear. And I was going to say shout out. I don't want to forget Honolulu, Hawaii, Browns backers. Thank you for the shirts. These things rock. You guys rock. We appreciate all the support. Love you guys out there. Yep. Thank you all for checking out today's episode, and we'll see you guys next week. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.